welcome to the next installment of the IAOMS podcast series on physician wellness. Today's podcast will feature Claire Sexton, who is the Director of Scientific Programs and Outreach for the Alzheimer's Association. In this role, she leads research programs and initiatives to accelerate the association's scientific agenda. She also presents on the association's role in scientific advancements and the state of Alzheimer's and dementia research. Dr. Sexton received her doctoral degree in psychiatry from the University of Oxford, and she holds a bachelor's degree in neuroscience from the University of Manchester. Prior to joining the association, she served as an Atlantic Fellow for Equity and Brain Health at the Global Brain Health Institute, where her research focused on modifiable behaviors and factors associated with risks for Alzheimer's and other dementias. Welcome, Dr. Sexton. We're so happy to have you with us today. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. As you know, our audience for this podcast is surgeons uh, that are members of the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons. There are over 4,000 around the world. Our podcast series is focused on wellness for the surgeons themselves. And as we were thinking about topics that might be appropriate for them, we thought brain health was really important to all communities around the world and also something that this group of scientists and uh, surgeons would find very interesting. So I have a series of questions I'd like to ask you, and um, I may ask you some follow-up questions based on um, how you respond. But as we start, I'm hoping that you can give us a bit of an update on some of the latest research from the Alzheimer's Association. So first, is the incidence of Alzheimer's and dementia increasing with time? Do we have more in 2021 than we did in 2019 or 2015, et cetera? That's a really interesting question, actually, because the numbers of people who are living with Alzheimer's or other dementia is increasing. So we're seeing greater number of people uh, being diagnosed. And that's because we have an aging population. So age is the number one risk factor for developing Alzheimer's disease. And as we're seeing greater numbers of older people, then we're seeing greater numbers of people develop Alzheimer's disease. But your question then wasn't about the prevalence, it was about the incidence, which is then um, the rate of people who have a um, diagnosis over time. And actually there's been some studies which are showing that the rate of people who have Alzheimer's is actually decreasing. And this is super interesting because the speculation is that this is because of changes in behavior. So that we're seeing changes um, across generations. So we're seeing increases in levels of education. We're seeing people more mindful of the benefits of um, being taking care of their cardiovascular health. And these types of changes then are good for health measures in general, but also are associated with reducing risk for Alzheimer's disease. So they may be um, having that impact on uh, reducing the incidence numbers. And is there anything about, how does awareness um, of the disease um, factor into, you know, the number of people that are diagnosed? It seems like, you know, we're very acutely aware of Alzheimer's and dementia, and many of us know, you know, have, have, suffered through it with someone. Um, and so does that factor in as, as, you know, people are going to a neurologist or a geriatrician and, and getting diagnosed, um, whereas maybe before 
they weren't? Yes. So um, the latest facts and figures report from the Alzheimer's Association uh, stated that there's over 6 million people uh, in the United States who are living with Alzheimer's disease. Now, many of these people may not have received a formal diagnosis from their physician. Um, And increasing awareness and reducing stigma then is really a key factor which then will help us have more open conversations about Alzheimer's, about dementia, and make people more comfortable in going to their physician with any changes in their memory that they've noticed earlier on so that they can get that early diagnosis, which we know is associated with emotional benefits, social benefits, as well as medical benefits. Yeah, great. Thank you. And what about the research? Can you share with us anything that is somewhat late breaking or, um, you know, that sort of puts a lens of um, an optimistic lens on this disease? Yeah, so the association is supporting really a wide range of research. We, you know, try and leave no stone unturned. So we fund research around the world. We have um, over $235 million uh, in active funding, and this spans uh, 39 countries. So it goes from Botswana to Brazil, uh, Singapore, Spain, as well as in the United States. And we also lead research studies as well. So then this includes uh, the US Pointer study, which is the US study to protect brain health through lifestyle intervention to reduce risk. And this is recruiting uh, 2,000 participants who are between the ages of 60 and 79 years old. And they're not currently experiencing memory problems, um, but they have room for improvement in terms of their lifestyle behaviors. So for example, they might have a low level of physical activity or uh, an unhealthy diet. And then these participants are being randomized into two different groups. So one being a self-guided lifestyle intervention and the other being more structured. But both of these interventions then target physical activity, target nutrition, um, target intellectual engagement, health coaching as well. So really taking a multimodal approach to then uh, what types of factors could then be um, associated with improving in how people uh, perform on cognitive tests and then ultimately down the line reducing their risk for dementia. So given that um, these folks are between 60 and 79 years old and um, they're not currently showing signs necessarily of Alzheimer's and dementia, how long until the study actually shows results and that you're able to um, share those results with the world at large? Yeah, so the intervention uh, is two years long. Um, okay. And then also it will take uh, a little while for us to be recruiting the, the 2,000 uh, participants So it's not just going to be uh, overnight, the results, but um, if you keep an eye out in the coming years, we're we're very excited for the results of this study coming down the line. So you've talked a lot about, you know, physical activity and what and diet and um, brain, you know, keeping the brain active, et cetera. How much does all of that factor in to um, what keeps Alzheimer's or dementia at bay? or doesn't? Do you know that at this point? Yes. So um, at our conference last year, the Alzheimer's Association International Conference, there was actually uh, a review paper that was released, and that's the 2020 Lancet Commission. And that paper then identified 
the number of dementia cases that could be potentially prevented or delayed by targeting modifiable risk factors. And that identified that it uh, put that figure at 40%. So that 40% of all cases of dementia could potentially be prevented or delayed through targeting modifiable risk factors. And those types of factors that we've just been talking about, about, you know, related to cardiovascular health, you know, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, related to our overall health, depression, also hearing loss, and then also related to our activity. So physical activity, keeping socially active, um, and also cognitively active as well. So for an average healthy individual, what would what would or should they be doing throughout the entirety of their life, their adult life, to um, to keep their their brain healthy and to stave off dementia or Alzheimer's? What are some things that you would suggest they do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? So, firstly, I love what you said there about in, through your entire life because it really is that kind of life course approach that is you know never too early, never too late to start making changes and. Really, my advice would be to look at our website. You can see um, factors associated uh, with reducing risk and then really to find out what works best for you. So, again, this is, you know, across the lifetime that we know that um, we know that the signs associated with Alzheimer's disease, the hallmarks, the um, amyloid plaques, you know, they're building up in the brain, you know, 10, 20 years before uh, the onset of symptoms. So it's really that life course approach and then finding the activity that's sustainable for you. So we know it's important to keep active, but it's not one size fits all. It's not that you should be going out swimming every single day or running every single day, but different types of activity will suit different people. And if you find the right activity for you that you enjoy, then you're much more likely to to keep it up. Fantastic. Um, That's encouraging, certainly for all. And we will be sure to post a link um, to the Alzheimer's Association website to that, that spot on the website when we post this podcast. So um, folks have easy access. So you had mentioned it's never too early and it's never too late. Is that literally the case that if someone is 70 years old and they're feeling a little bit concerned about, you know, potentially uh, their memory or, you know, the onset of dementia that by increasing physical activity or improving their diet, that they can improve their chances of not having those symptoms? Yeah. So then there'll be different activities which will be suitable for different people at different stages in their life and then these will be associated with different benefits so you know by starting early in life and maintaining those uh, beneficial activities throughout life then you're um, helping to reduce your risk of developing dementia later in life but also for people who um, have had a diagnosis of dementia then many of these uh, same uh, lifestyle factors have been associated with improved quality of life, improved uh, engagement and reduced agitation, for example. So um, staying connected, uh, staying active uh, can still have benefits after a diagnosis. Great. And and just as an, as a follow on to that, what about um, drugs, you know, as a, as a way to combat the symptoms or 
um, you know, as a way to stave off dementia or Alzheimer's. I know that at one point there were drugs on the market and I'm not asking you to, to speak to which ones, but um, there were drugs on the market that if you took them, it would keep your brain, I guess, from getting worse or, you know, from, from those uh, symptoms um, ex- being exacerbated too much. But um, is that, are, are the pharmaceutical companies doing a lot of work in this area and are they having success in finding um, medications that can help Alzheimer's and dementia? Yeah, so the, um, there's, I guess, a couple of different issues there. And one is then, you know, prospects for treatment. And this is then a very active area of research. There's uh, many different types of treatments in development, which are then targeting different hallmarks. So targeting amyloid plaques, the uh, one hallmark, targeting the tau tangles in the brain that are others, looking at promoting vascular Um, health as well. So there's many different uh, treatments which are really uh, in the pipeline um, and that we should hopefully see more advances coming in the coming years. Um, But also you touched upon, you know, some of the um, claims that you can see sometimes in the media about, you know, taking a certain supplement to improve brain health. Now, we would recommend really that people are quite uh, savvy consumers with this because there's not Unfortunately, you know, it would be nice if there was a single supplement or a single vitamin that could help reduce the risk of dementia. But really, that's not the case. And for example, with diet, that it's an overall healthy diet, which is uh, beneficial. So taking in elements of Mediterranean diet, taking in um, elements of diets that have been shown to be helpful for hypertension, um, you know, the good, you know, fruit, vegetables, uh, cutting down on fatty foods, that same type of advice, which is really associated with so many other health outcomes, uh, really is the best advice uh, for um, reducing risk for dementia as well. Oh, that's great. Um, and if you could offer any advice to this group, um, again, very busy surgeons, um, not a lot of time potentially for exercise on a daily basis. Are there some easy things that you think, you know, most busy professionals can incorporate into their life and lifestyle that might help their brain health? Yeah, so then really, um, anything is better than nothing. So this has really been what's been shown with uh, physical activity guidelines, which span all areas of different health. It used to be that you should be doing it for at least 30 minutes or at least 10 minutes. But now it's, you know, any type of activity helps and you can build it into your routine in any different way. So whether that's, you know, parking a bit further over when you're doing your shopping and carrying the groceries over um, walking this up the stairs instead of getting the lift. You know, there's many different ways that we can help build these uh, health behaviors into our uh, everyday routines. Um, So it's just trying to think of what opportunities there are for that. Great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. I think you've given us some good food for thought. We will again, post a link um, to the Alzheimer's Association website for um, further resources for our community. And again, this has been an interview with Claire Sexton, the Director of Scientific Programs and Outreach for the Alzheimer's Association. Thanks so much, Dr. Sexton, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the IAOMS podcast series. IAOMS members receive additional benefits such as access to the IJOMS, educational resources, reduced rates for conferences, and more. To join or renew your membership, 
please visit www.iaoms.org. Keep up to date with our weekly podcast by following IAOMS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest news. See you next week.